Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Treatment Room Podcast with your host, Tessa Zolli. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. I missed you. This is actually my first solo episode of 2022, and Happy New Year. I hope you guys are doing amazing and you're having a great start to the new year. I hope you have some you know, good goals in mind, and even if you don't, I'm so proud of you, and this is going to be a a great year. I didn't get a chance to to say Happy New Year, and I know it's probably like end of January, maybe February when this episode is coming out. I've had a little bit of a crazy start to the year, so quick little life update. It's just been, been odd, and it hasn't been the way I wanted to start out. But I'm kind of telling myself my new year starts now. And if you've had a rough start to 2022, I'm with you. And we can start now. We don't have to wait for a fresh year to, you know, start over. You can start over anytime you want. But what happened with me was I got sick. (laughs) I get sick a lot around the holidays. Like every year, it's like clockwork. It happened on Thanksgiving and I had to stay home. Happened again on Christmas. I got some weird flu thing. Didn't want to infect my family. So I stayed home, had a little solo Christmas. (laughs) Dylan was in LA with his family. So I was just totally on my own. And then a couple days after Christmas... I believe it was like heading into into the new year. Can't quite remember. I slipped on my bathroom tile and had a little accident and I'm okay. PSA, if your floors are wet or you've mopped them or your bathroom is wet for some reason, just be very careful. I was wearing house slippers and maybe you guys do it as well and you're probably more careful than I am, but I feel like this could happen to anyone and I'm honestly glad it happened to me and not somebody else I know or not one of my parents or somebody older. But yes, I I was walking into my bathroom. The floor was wet because I had Swiffered and I was wearing my new Uggs that I was so excited about. There's been so many times when I've almost slipped and you know, you catch yourself and you're like, oh, that would have been so scary if I actually fell. So I actually did fall and Again, I'm okay, but it really took the wind out of me and I did end up getting a concussion and sprained my neck, sprained my ankle. My neck is recovered now. We're still slowly trying to heal the ankle. It's kind of traveling to my knee (laughs) and I'm starting to feel better from the concussion. But if you guys have ever been concussed, it's just the weirdest feeling. And after I fell, I thought I was all good and I texted Dylan. I was like, babe, I'm okay, but just wanted to let you know, like I slipped and I hit my head on the tile. I'm all good. I just feel like a little nauseous, but we're okay. And Dylan is a baseball coach. He's had lots of concussions and he has an athletic training background. And he was like, babe, I think you are concussed. (laughs) And it became very clear in the hours that followed. I definitely had a concussion, had the nausea. You get emotional, like in the days that follow and you just feel super off. You feel just weird and like you're, you're just not yourself and coupled with just being in pain and then not being able to start the new year's with anybody because Dylan actually got COVID. He was stuck in LA. He was quarantining for 
the 10 days just to be super safe. So it was just like a weird, dark period to go through alone and injured and just like feeling kind of loopy. Not to mention, this was a total blessing, but just really poor timing. As soon as the new year hit, I think a lot of people are on their like new year, new skin grind. I had all these people booking out of the blue and I was like... (laughs) gosh, I'm concussed. So there's this was a moment where I was very grateful that I do have the virtual business that I do. It was really nice because I didn't have to put in a request to take off work. I didn't have to like get a doctor's note. I actually didn't reschedule anybody, which looking back, maybe I would have. I really only gave myself like, I think it was like a day and a half or two days to recover. And then I I had 12 new clients on the books. And I'm sure a lot of you SDs can relate to that feeling of needing to reschedule people. And (laughs) please don't be like me. If you can avoid it, reschedule until you feel better. I think that would have been the smarter thing to do. I always try to muscle through things because I feel so bad and I worry maybe people made certain accommodations or took off work to take this meeting and I feel so guilty accommodating or reaccommodating people for myself that I just I can't justify it and I don't do it and I just I go through life in pain when I shouldn't sometimes. But I was very grateful to have the business that I do. And it just kind of got me thinking for you guys, not to say everybody has to have a virtual business, but it is a service I would consider adding to your business if you can. And if you think you have any interest in it, I've talked about this before, but things do happen in life. I think the pandemic is proof. Sometimes things happen that are out of our control. Sometimes we might have to shut our doors for a little bit. You might get sick. You could get injured. You could just be getting older. You could be burning out a little bit. There are lots of little reasons where you know maybe you couldn't provide services in a spa. There are also lots of clients out there, you guys, who think of going to get a facial as a hassle. I know I can't relate because I love facials. I sing their praises 100%. But having this business, I talk to a lot of people who would rather work on their home care and talk to somebody virtually. And there's actually a lot you can accomplish virtually. I didn't really understand how that could fully be a thing when I was working in spa And I think hands-on is so important and it's great. And I don't mean to undermine it in any sense, but I do think virtual aesthetics has its place. And if you can add it to your business, it can really bolster what you're doing. And having this business, I, I, I mean, you know, anything can happen, but I do feel more secure in the fact that I can work from home. And, you know, even if my ankle was sprained and my neck was sprained and my head was a little bit fuzzy, I could still talk to people. And I let my clients know, hey, this happens. Like, I'm, I'm okay. And I really want to have our meeting still. I'm just, I'm not going to meet you on FaceTime. Let's just do a phone call. 
is that okay? And everybody said, yes, like, as long as you're okay, let's do it. And I was just really grateful. I was able to like tweak things around a little bit, but still make it happen. And I'm very grateful for my business. So all of that to say, Happy New Year, guys, and I'm wishing you the best. I didn't get to create the New Year's content I wanted to, but I hope you know I'm rooting for you. And if you still want some New Year type of motivational content, let me know. I will bring that to you. One other thing I wanted to mention before we get into the topic of today's show is that if you guys have ideas, you have feedback, please leave a comment on my latest Instagram post. I don't have a ton of crazy resolutions this year. I'm not trying to work out a a certain number of days per week. I'm not trying to eat a certain way. I don't have any like crazy, crazy health or business goals, honestly. I mean, I've had had certain things like in motion for a while. So I just want to kind of see those through. My main resolution is to be gentler on myself and I am trying to be conscious of the screen time. If you struggle with anxiety, which somebody asked me yesterday in DMs, if I struggle with anxiety and Yes, ma'am. Like my middle name is anxiety. Sometimes it surprises people because I think I seem very calm on the surface, but I do struggle with a lot of inner turmoil and even just like basic things that would be, you know, easy for for certain people. They can be harder for me and it, it can depend on the day, but sometimes just having normal conversations is very, very hard for me. So I say this because I'm realizing the phone is just a trigger for me and I don't know if you guys ever feel yourself scrolling and like you feel yourself getting agitated and just almost like not not yourself and not your best self and I think I've never really felt overwhelmed by social media until this year honestly and it is a great thing it's one of the best parts of my life but when it comes to feeling like I need to get back to a ton of people, it's something that overwhelms me. And that's because I I like feel bad and I want to provide an answer and I start to feel really guilty. And I've always been this type of person ever since I was little. If I can't be like perfect in all of the areas of my life that are important to me, I start to feel really bad about myself. Like ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to be perfect in school, perfect in athletics, a perfect daughter, a perfect friend, a perfect girlfriend, perfect to you guys. And I think I'm just realizing like it's just not always possible and you can't always be everything to everyone. And for that reason, I think I think I've also felt this pressure because it's kind of there's no known rule about like about direct messages and you know what amount should you get back to but for me i've just i've realized my mental health has to come first and what's cool about leaving me a comment is a lot of times the dms are the same questions you guys so if i can answer it once and help more than one person and and just have the information out there. I'd rather have that. So DMs are probably going to be like something that's not as priority to me. I, I try to get back to, um, 
clients and whatnot and, and keep that as the priority or those of you I know, but it's unfortunate because if I don't know you yet, it might slip through the cracks or it might just go to requests and I usually don't get to those. So if you can leave a comment, that is best. And that's kind of my resolution. Be gentler on myself, be easier on myself. And I just, I don't want to look back on my life and know that I've spent like a third of it on my phone. For me, that's something I would just deeply regret. So if I can create content on like a larger scale that reaches more people, I think that's a better use of my time. Let's go ahead and get into the topic of today's show, which is also a little bit related to to New Year's, I guess. I have been reflecting on 2021, which was a huge year for me. It's the year I really made my business official and my business went from talking with, you know, acquaintances who wanted some help with their skin in the DMs. We got to we got to give a shout out to DMs and give them some credit. But that's where it really started and then 2021 was the year like I made my website a thing and I actually started to develop a pretty decent clientele and just be like more of a a smooth running business where I have systems and I know what I'm doing. I show up to work and I really set a lot of the framework in 2020 and just going into 2021. And 2021 was just the year of like execution and kind of just grinding. I really put my head down for most of the year, didn't really go on any trips, didn't see many friends at all. Like I haven't seen my friends in a long time, miss them so much. I've just been trying to be safe, but I've really focused on work. And that's been the main thing. And I think heading into 2022, that's why I'm ready to have a little more grace for myself. Hopefully have a little more fun and like take some pressure off. But yeah, I've been reflecting a lot about my business as a whole and lessons I have learned. So sorry for all the rambling, but without further ado, I want to get into some business lessons I have learned that I can pass on to you guys. Lesson number one that I have for you is do not offer discounts. Now, you might have heard this before, and I I would have liked to think I knew better, but when you start your own business and things come up, sometimes these things you've heard kind of go out the window, so I'm just that little voice in your ear <laughs> repeating it. Do not offer discounts, whether it is to a family member, a friend, a colleague, an influencer, I don't recommend offering discounts. Now, if you've done this before, it's okay. If a circumstance comes up and you really want to do it and you feel like the juice is worth the squeeze for you, go for it. You can do whatever you want. This is just what I would recommend and what I have learned the hard way, unfortunately. So when it comes to giving discounts, It's not only about the money, but money is important. This is our livelihood. It's how we pay our bills. It's how we make a living. And you are entitled to the prices you decide on, especially if other clients are already paying those prices. This is another thing about the discounts. Why would you make special rules for one client? You wouldn't tell one client, it's okay if you're late. It's okay if you cancel an hour before. Why would you give a client a special 
price or a special discount because it sets special rules for certain individuals. And unfortunately, what happens when you give a discount, it's not just a one-time favor. I wish people could see it that way and think that was so generous of her. Now I'm going to stick to all of the rules she outlines. It's just, unfortunately, not how human nature works. A lot of people will test your boundaries. And I hate to compare our clients to a pet, but it's just the analogy that comes to mind. When you are training a dog, you don't want your dog scratching at your door at two in the morning for a treat. You have to set boundaries and sometimes you got to train people a little bit. And with some people, you got to be a little bit more clear and a little bit more firm, which is very hard for me to do as a soft-spoken introvert, but you've got to set boundaries. The dog has to know when he can ask for something. And it's the same thing with clients. If you are clear and firm from the beginning, no, Sally, I'm so sorry. These are my prices. I'd love to see you in, but I charge the same prices for everybody. Sally can then make the decision if she wants to come in or not. But if you waver and you say, yes, you can have a discount, Sally is going to be asking if you can take her (laughs) on your off day, if you can extend your hours because she has school or whatever circumstance and she can only get in so-and-so time. No, your rules are your rules and I would try to stick to them as best as you can. It's one thing if you're just starting out And you need to keep your prices low to get people in the door. Now, I don't believe new estheticians need to drastically lower their prices. Once you're licensed, you are qualified to give the service. And I don't think you should have to be shortchanging yourself just because you are newer. Your prices may not be what an expert would charge, but I don't think you need to drastically reduce your prices. You can if building your books is the priority and getting transformation photos and client testimonials and more referrals is the priority. I don't think it's a bad idea. That is the route I went in the beginning. I thought $50 was charging a lot for a consultation. And in a way it was because before COVID, consultations were thought of as this free thing. And I think I was not to toot my own horn, but kind of part of changing that and getting people to understand this is our time. This is our expertise. We are sitting down providing personalized attention. We deserve to charge for our time. But I did charge lower prices in the very beginning, and that did allow my business to grow I got my referrals, I got my photos, and I was then able to market myself a little bit better. So it's one thing if you want to start with lower prices in the beginning and then raise them, but try not to waver on your prices once you decide on them. Stick to them and apply the same rules for every single client. On the topic of money, my next lesson is don't be afraid to raise your prices when needed. So I have 
had so many friends come to me over the years when they're getting frustrated, they feel like they need to raise their prices. And honestly, you guys, I think we make a bigger deal out of it than it needs to be. I personally don't believe you need to provide this huge, long explanation and justification of every single supply that you know you purchase and every single XYZ class you've taken and every reason you need to raise your prices. You do not need to feel guilty or greedy for raising your prices. Prices are going up everywhere. It's just the way our capitalist society works. And if you're not raising your prices over the years, you could actually be making less money over time due to inflation, which we don't want. (laughs) We want to raise our prices with the cost of inflation. And you should be raising your prices as you gain more knowledge, expertise, experience, Maybe you are investing more in the business, in supplies, technology, marketing, interior design, whatever goes into your space. And I honestly don't believe you owe anyone an explanation if you want to raise your prices. If you want to put out an announcement, you can. But I think it can be as simple as prices are going up, come, you know, maybe give people two weeks notice or so. But don't don't feel bad when you raise your prices. It's the cost of doing business. And I want to tell you guys something. As I've raised my prices over the past year and a half, I've been in business. There have been zero consequences from raising my prices. Did I lose clients? Not for one day. There's also something to the psychology of raising your prices. I will say you don't want to just raise your prices just because, but when you start to feel that demand, sometimes you have no choice because you can either choose to take less clients or you can raise your your prices kind of in hopes that maybe some people like you know won't be a candidate and only only the the people who truly feel they are aligned with your business that will attract them to booking with you. I don't think raising your prices especially if we're talking a matter of $20 to $50, I don't think raising your price your prices within that range are going to deter your highest highest value client. If people see your worth, they will be willing to put aside that extra cash and it's something they will be able to justify. If they have to make small sacrifices in other areas of their lives to accommodate treating their skin, people will. But most people, I think, especially nowadays where skin is such a topic of conversation, we see so much information about skincare and there's so much noise, a lot of people are very much ready to invest not only in the products, but in the expertise to understand what they should use on their skin, especially if you can make it personalized. I think that is such a service, such such a useful service, and at the same time, a little bit of a luxury service, but it's very desirable to a lot of people. And aesthetics is a growing billion-dollar industry for a reason. It's something where 
even in hard economic times, people still want to invest in themselves and take care of their themselves. And typically with aesthetics, we're not talking about numbers that are absolutely like disrupting somebody's budget on an astronomical level. It certainly can, but for a lot of people, there is that flexibility to invest in their skin and their providers. And you know what? At the end of the day, you have to decide on the business model that's going to set you up for success. And I don't just mean in terms of making money. You want to be fully focused for that hour you have a consultation because you feel you're being appropriately compensated. With time, as I began to understand how involved virtual aesthetics can be and how much is needed to give people attention in that hour and to create a personalized plan and to be there for support in some capacity, you need to be compensated in a way that's fair so you don't hold a grudge or feel down the line like, wow, I really feel like I'm getting the raw end of this deal. No, you have the luxury of setting up your business however it makes sense to be sustainable. So you have that luxury and I hope estheticians feel empowered to price themselves for for your worth and not only that, for where you are heading and definitely do not shortchange yourself and believe in yourself. Every single time I raise my prices, I have the little tiny annoying self-doubt and imposter syndrome, little voice saying, are people really gonna pay that? And I can already envision made up emails or (laughs) some kind of feedback of somebody saying, that's too expensive. I'm not going to do it. Never happens, you guys. Every time I raise my prices, I get more bookings. And I think that's because I know my value and other people see that I know my value. And it almost puts more trust in the consumer. So Do not feel shy about raising your prices. And if you haven't raised them in a while, it is time. I wanted to just add on a little paragraph that I actually just found doing a little bit of research. And it happened to be from Douglas Preston, my mentor, who writes a lot for Dermascope and who is very well-renowned in the industry. But he wrote an article on raising your prices as an esthetician. And by the way, Douglas has been such a great influence for me, especially because I joined this career basically out of love and passion for aesthetics. I didn't go into it thinking I was going to make money and money was not a motivator. But when I met Douglas, he was that very real voice that I needed to hear who told me, if you want to enjoy doing this for the rest of your life, it has to be profitable and you have to think about the bottom line. You have to, and you need to reverse engineer your prices based on the type of lifestyle you want to live and the cost of living. We have to live and we shouldn't be suffering while we are providing services to other people. It doesn't make sense for us to struggle in our personal lives and our finances and then to try to show up and be 100% for other people. So I think it's a benefit to your clients when you 
are a profitable business. Okay, so I wanted to read this quote from Douglas. It came out of Dermscope magazine, and he said, I'll link the article below. He said, price for whom you want to be, not for who you mistakenly think you are. When I first became a spa business consultant many years ago, I asked a seasoned professional in the same line of work what fees I should charge. I expressed concern about my lack of experience, so I was hesitant about overreaching. His answer, charge high and see what happens. I did, and my first client signed with me even after I told his team that their spa was my only assignment so far. Emphasize your assets and not your self-perceived disadvantages. You can always reduce prices if you fail to attract customers. I raised my consultation price to $250 at the start of 2022, and I didn't know if people would be able to meet me there, but it's what I realized the price had to be for the time, energy, and personalization that goes into getting to know every single client. It might seem like a higher price to some people, especially if you're not familiar with consultations or if you are used to the old idea of them being complimentary. But as the provider and the only one that knows what goes on on the other side and what is what's the price of taking on a new person. So this was the price that made sense for my time. And it was a price I I needed to to hold myself to it was the price I had to create given the demand I simply couldn't continue to provide consultations at I think what was I at before I think I went 150 to 200 and then recently to 250 but I just realized I'm getting too many requests I'm not going to be able to see the people who are requesting appointments. So I just, I have to raise my prices and I was okay with some people saying no. I think that's something also to understand if you are really struggling and there's nothing on your books and you can't take the hit of missing those appointments, maybe it's not time to raise your prices, but if you're really struggling with your time, it could be a smart, smart thing to do. Tip number three, do not let anybody push you around in the treatment room. I feel like a very protective mama bear, especially for a lot of younger SDs. I know how it feels when you visibly look younger and people may assume things about you or you just have that new SD energy. It can be a thing where people just pick up on the fact that you're new and it will go away. It's all good. But I say this because I want you to know you are totally worthy and valid in your job. You were hired for a reason. You don't have to know everything day one, but you know enough to be in the driver's seat and the client is never in the driver's seat. If the client is in the driver's seat, things could be going a dangerous route. So it's very important to hold your ground. And I'm telling you guys this as like an introvert, shy girl, somebody who didn't have a lot of confidence, but confidence comes from setting those boundaries. And this is a question I get a lot. Like, do you have anxiety? How do you get confident? How do you be confident in the treatment room? It comes from those uncomfortable moments 
of needing to set boundaries, sticking to them, seeing that you can do it, and then seeing that people respect it and people really want to be led. There can be some crazy situations where people are not willing to listen to you, and that's when you may have to let the client go, or you may have to bring in management, and I don't think you need to get involved in anything like super intense, but it's just about letting the client know for their safety, for their comfort, for their results, and For the sake of you just wanting to give them the best possible experience, you will be steering the ship and providing what you are able to provide. I have had very aggravated rosacea clients try to tell me they need the most aggressive acne or anti-aging treatment. And I just firmly, politely, but confidently and directly let them know what we will be doing. I do tend to provide reasoning and an explanation just in a very matter of fact, like these are the reasons we're going to be doing this treatment instead. And they they will either accept it or they won't. And if they choose not to accept it, that is okay. That is beyond your control. Hopefully those clients accept the rules you have outlined, and if not, they will find where they are meant to go, but the best thing to do is really just stick to your guns and confidently but firmly explain the plan and why you'll you'll be doing what you choose to do, and that is it. Be careful with favors is the next lesson I have learned. So to make this very simple, I think we can think of favors in our personal lives and favors in business. And there is a difference between people in your close circle, people you love, friends and family doing each other favors because that's how life works and that's how love works. You know, sometimes Dylan will be picking up the groceries and doing the cooking and maybe that night I'm doing his laundry. It's just how things go and it's how how the system runs smoothly sometimes is picking up the slack for each other when you can. I think it's just different in business and I don't want to sound jaded or like I'm mistrusting, but things come up in business or from people you may not necessarily know and people asking if they can give you something or provide favors. I've noticed this is a thing with companies often, like in terms of gifting Or, you know, maybe brands you represent wanting to send you things. And I just say be cautious. And remember, these are business relationships. It can feel like you're very close to certain businesses. But at the end of the day, just be very careful with favors. And if you need to ask if strings are attached with certain types of favors and relationships, you can. And that's totally acceptable. I say be careful with favors because I think I used to be a little bit more naive and I've gotten a little bit more savvy with time and, you know, favors can happen with clients. It can happen with other businesses. So the lines can be very blurry and sometimes people just want to do nice things out of the kindness of their hearts. Sometimes people want to send you a little extra cash around the holidays or bring you something. And sometimes people truly want to just brighten your day. But I just say this to be cautious 
And I think a lot of times we know as well, if, if something feels in our gut, like this could be something somebody is asking to get something down the line. And I think it's just a little bit easier to politely, politely, uh, decline or just say, thank you so much. You know, it's, it just, it won't be necessary. And that can be it. Gary V has talked about this in terms of all of the people that offered to pick him up from the airport or offer to buy him coffee. And as nice as it is, typically let's be real. It's because some sometimes people want something out of you and it's okay if you decide you want to take on that risk and you're willing to accept the favor and understand you might owe something down the line. I think I realized with time, it makes me uneasy to feel like I might owe something. And again, it's very different when you have close relationships with people and that's the way relationships and friendships can work, but just be cautious if you don't know the person or we're talking about doing a favor for a company or a brand. Okay, guys, that wraps up this episode on business and life lessons I have learned over the past year in my business. I feel like the themes here are really self-respect, knowing our worth and sticking to it, and having the same rules for everybody so it's fair across the board and we have healthy boundaries set in place and we stick to those boundaries. We know what they are and we don't waver because once you waver once, it's very easy to waver twice and then you start to question who's in control and you can start to feel feel a little bit out of control and it's not a good feeling to have in your business. And I want you guys to lead with love and confidence and know who you are. And even if you're feeling like, I'm new to this. I'm a little insecure. It's okay. You can you can become that confident esthetician, but it starts with having boundaries and knowing your nose and sticking to them no matter the circumstance. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, you can leave me a little five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's the main way you can support this show in addition to, of course, sharing episodes on your social media, which I love to see honestly makes my day. And don't forget to follow me there. I'll put all of my handles in the show notes. I am on Instagram at my SD Testa, same handle on TikTok, as well as YouTube, Tess Zolli, and this podcast, of course. Thank you guys for listening. I love you so much, and I will talk to you in the next episode.